Greetings! You're listening to the audio version of Up the Waterfall. Check out the video version to see us and everything we talk about by visiting youtube.com slash Xanaland. Thanks for listening. Well, now you got into this mess by going down a waterfall. Now, how would you suppose we'd get them out of there? By going up the waterfall? That's right. Anything's possible in Disneyland. Welcome, friends, to episode 17 of Up the Waterfall podcast. Yeah. With your hosts, <laughs> Zana and Scott Otis. Hello. That's us. And here, of course, we take a journey up the waterfall of Disney Parks history, facts, and nostalgia mm-hmm. with, you know, a present day outlook because we're not stuck in the past completely, but we do enjoy it there. Yeah. Uh, what we're going to do today for this episode, I don't know if anyone's watching on YouTube, but you may see all of these props and paraphernalia on our desk here. That's right. It's quite a lot. We are going to discuss, you actually, actually probably already heard from the, uh, you know, the title of the episode, but (laughs) Disney Broadway. That's what we're doing. Disney on Broadway. That's a fun topic. It is indeed. And the reason I wanted to talk about this the the thought came to me a while ago and then we did the you know preview for the festival of the arts which is going on right now at epcot literally as we are speaking that's true and i thought what a timely topic to discuss disney broadway which certainly has changed and grown over the years yes uh i don't think we're going to do a totally deep dive into every production <laughs> every head of whatever you know all of the facts and figures your books your books make me a little nervous over there that's going to be a glorious three-hour finale i have books but uh, all of the material is stuck within them (laughs) and not in my brain yet i haven't read all of them this will just be a fun overview i think of where disney on broadway started Mm -hmm. uh our interactions with it what we've seen and uh you know What's coming up, I guess, in the future. Ooh, uh, so to jump right in, I will say, as I may have said on here before, <laughs> uh, I come from a family of theater goers. I grew up going to see the theater a lot. I l- grew up outside of Boston, so it was very easy for us to go into the city. My mother was a professional ballerina, so that whole genre was you know, something that she brought me up going to and things like that i first saw a chorus line in uh i want to say 1981 something around there oh my i always say i was nine i don't feel like doing the math but chorus line is a bit adult yeah it was a fun um (laughs) you know introduction to musical theater i guess i guess so yeah i fell in love um if i had more confidence and all that and I guess talent as well I probably would have gone down that path because every time I saw any sort of production I was always like I want to do that um (laughs) after that I saw Annie so I just had these these are my first two programs programs, and ever since then I will not see a show and not get a program as you know oh yeah (laughs) 
the playbill you get for free, but these you have to pay for. And I just like them as a little memory. Absolutely. They're a lot of fun. Yeah. So I saw Annie after that, which of course is more uh, family friendly to an extent. (laughs) Uh, But really it was Disney, of course, that made musical theater, Broadway productions more accessible and uh, of interest to families. I would I would say so, yes. And you are a perfect example of that. Even though you weren't a child, <laughs> you had never gone to the theater, really. Yeah, um, my family, we did not really go to that. Although I should say um, we did go to the orchestra a bit. Um, in fact, Fancy. I've, I've heard that my mother went into labor while she was at an or, uh, an orchestra concert. Wow. Well, that's very... Uh, with, with me, that is. Fartsy, fartsy. <laughs> um, and so I did see that, but we never really saw uh, any Broadway shows. Um, it wasn't until, well, I guess in, my, in the high school that I went to, they did a production of... Um, Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, yeah. good one. Which, and for some reason, throughout my entire high school career, that was the only one that I saw because a friend of mine um, had gone from a choir, which I was in, into that production. We did that at that. my high school too. Isn't that funny? And that, so I, I was not in it, but that's what made me want to join. Drama. And you know, I'd of course seen the movie, which I fell in love with too. So the movie, as well as uh, that one production, made me fall in love with that, which is interesting because you know that's where Alan Menken. And Howard Ashman got their start. Yes, um, was from that they wrote and uh, you know did the music for that. Um, also, I should then say when I went to college, I did w- see a single show of Nonsense. <laughs> I saw Nonsense idea. too, but I I I might have been in college. It was at the Ogunquit Playhouse, which okay. was one of the summer stock theaters. Ooh. Um, I saw many productions there because, as mentioned, we went to Ogunquit, Maine for the summer growing up. And Pat Carroll was actually in oh, the wow. production of Nonsense that I saw in the like early 90s, I guess. And remind us who uh, Pat Carroll That's Carolyn. the original Ursula That's right. from the Little Mermaid animated film. It all comes around full circle. Exactly. And I was going to say also, um, as a youngster, uh, my family also enjoyed the movie of Annie. And so I, I came to love the the soundtrack of that um, musical that was through that through that movie. I mean, so, I could do a whole episode. Yeah, all, on, all of on my that. sisters. They, <laughs> I wish that was Disney related. You know, they they did all of uh, the you know all of the numbers from that mm-hmm. like, tomorrow and maybe yeah. Oof, I sang maybe so many times yeah. in my bedroom to myself. But I mean, you could say that it kind of is Disney because later. Uh, Disney did a version of Annie on the on the Sunday night. We shows. won't mention that. It was actually a good one. I recommend. Okay, well, nothing <laughs> can anyway, talk Tim Curry. It wasn't until after uh, I graduated from college and then moved to Florida that uh, you know that's when all of the Disney musicals started coming, and and I have been to a plethora of them. Yeah, so I really didn't go to any of them because. <laughs> I guess I had just always, you know, grown up with theater and I always, uh, I think Wicked was the first show I took the kids to, the older children, by themselves. But I had continued to see, you know, theater productions like Rent and 
Les Mis, I have seen many, many times, and Phantom and all that fun stuff um, up in Boston. Yeah. <clears throat> I, mean, I have also seen Wicked several times, and there actually is a Disney connection in there as, to, uh, as well as, I believe, uh, Stephen Schwartz did uh, the yes. music for that. And he's done many musicals with, uh, with Alan Menken, including Enchanted uh. and a lot more. See, this is why I keep you around. You have all the connections. (laughs) So Um, I had also seen uh, Wicked probably two or three times as well. I have still only seen it once here in Orlando. So in my history, I had seen all these Disney musicals plus Wicked. (laughs) And (laughs) And I hadn't seen any. Uh, So then I guess it was 2013, I think, we went to see Beauty and the Beast Uh, with all of my children including Geo. So that was his first one, I think. It, yeah, Maybe it was Newsies. Oh, I always get that confused. Anyway. Yeah, because we, we've, <laughs> together as a family, we've seen Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King, and Newsies. Uh, but I cannot remember the... Well, I know Beauty the and the Beast was the first one we saw. Um, but I really, I think Geo was there. That's not what this <laughs> is about. So it really doesn't matter. Anyway, my point was that I had not seen any of the Disney Broadway stuff because I was always like, oh, it's just Disney. And obviously I'm a Disney fan, but I was a theater fan as well and grew up, you know, with all of that. So I didn't really think too much of it. I'd seen commercials for Beauty and the Beast touring and I was like, Meh. it looks like one step above the Hollywood Studios production. <laughs> it is actually many steps above. In fact, whenever I'd heard anybody call the the production at Disney's Hollywood Studios or Disney MGM Studios that the Broadway version of quality, them, <laughs> yeah, whenever they said that that was Broadway quality, yeah, you know, not to yeah. not to diss anybody who worked on that show, but no, it's it's not really in the same league. Well, that was another thing I was going to bring up is that Disney has had a history, of course, of amazing entertainment and really oh, yeah. bringing that to the masses. And yeah, They've done that since the opening of Disneyland. Right. You know, and I think and shows and that's been a great way for kids to learn about different aspects, different mediums, if you will, of creative outlets, um, theater, dancing, singing, the whole thing, even the technical aspect of it. And I've always loved that about Disney, that they've really held themselves to a high standard with all of the diamond horseshoe things yeah, and I beyond. Mean, if you think about it, they've they've done so many uh, great shows, and you mentioned the you know the Golden Horseshoe Review, Golden Horseshoe, sorry, the one that you know started at <laughs> Disneyland. Um, that one you know came to be the longest running show in American history, uh, and then when that stopped, I think it was replaced by um, it was the Hoop de Doo. Hoop-dee. And, you oh, know, the origins of the hoop de doo show, it actually started when they just needed a show at Fort Wilderness. And so they actually just um, got the local talent, the, the kids who are working the summers, just to actually create the show, to basically write all the songs and, and yeah. basically create that show from scratch. So there is a huge history. hoop de doo is a great, of, yeah. that should be an episode someday because that's uh, yeah. a, got a fun history. So if you think about just all of the <laughs> stage productions have gone on, including the the Golden Horseshoe Review, the Diamond Horseshoe Review at, at Disney World, plus the Hoop-de-Doo, and just all the shows, you know, there's a huge amount of, uh, you know, talent base that, that has happened um, for both at Disneyland and at Disney World, you know, if you think about the kids to the kids of the kingdom. Yes. Um, you know, so there's a lot. Some of whom are still around That's today. Right. And... 
I think Disney knew that they were doing great things with their entertainment program in the 80s. Um, I took part in the Wonders of Walt Disney World, which I forgot to mention in our About Us <laughs> episode. So here I am throwing it in. If you want to yeah, listen to that episode, I know that, we I we need. knew we were going to do that, but I've got you know, a lot of we'll have future that I need episodes. to get back. Anyway. Um, but yeah, there was a program that went I think until 2000. I was just looking it up. It started in like 79 or something, and it was called The Wonders of Walt Disney World, and they had different. Uh, aspects of things that Disney was known for. Like there was the creative entertainment or creative something, entertainment, production, art, that mm-hmm. all of this stuff, I should have had that up. <laughs> um, That's right. But I did the entertainment one Ooh. in the 80s. Uh, ecology, creative arts, energy, and entertainment. Wow. Um, for kids aged 10 to 15, and parents would drop you off i remember meeting at the ttc and Uh we because we were doing entertainment we got um maybe everybody got this a little polaroid camera okay and we got like a new pack of film in it so we got to take 10 photos when they had those and they were kind of renting them out uh, just in the park oh really see i didn't even know that Well, I mean, not you know, you could essentially you had to buy the film, right? But you know, so but they you, were, if you didn't have the camera, you could. But yeah, they were sponsored by them in a way, so yeah, yeah. So I did that. I have very fond memories of going. Uh, I don't know if we went in the tunnel because I definitely wasn't sixteen, but I have vivid memories of like a dressing room where all of the wigs were. So maybe it was like backstage at the um, Diamond sh- Horseshoe. Or something. That, that very well could be. I, there are huge dressing rooms in yeah. the tunnels. Um, and we went, maybe I did two of them. I can't, uh, it's all a blur now, but we got a little certificate at the end. It was fun, but I have sure vague memories of, that yeah, you went through, right? that's in a box somewhere. I should find that. But um, we took pictures around Magic Kingdom. I remember that. And it was just, we would look at things like the bird in front of the tiki room and all sorts oh. of different things like that. Uh, like I mentioned, it's a blur. But I remember making a friend that day, and it was fun. Anyway, <laughs> Disney realizes that they have this great wealth of knowledge to impart to people. That's right. And I guess at some point they said, hey, let's make a Broadway musical out of Yeah, and I know Beauty that the, a, you know, the, the legend uh, Ron Logan uh, yes. from Disney Entertainment was a huge part of that. He was the founder of... The Disney Theatrical Productions, mm-hmm. which is known as Disney on Broadway, I guess, mm-hmm. as well. That's right. Separate from the Disney Theater Group, which is a different ah. arm, <laughs> but they all do fun things. I believe the Disney Theater Group is who's technically responsible for AIDA. But, you know, you guys can look that stuff up and learn some more on your own. But anyway, he was like the founder. He's responsible for endless amounts of entertainment productions from spectral magic to illuminations to beyond yeah and they've actually uh brought him out um to a lot of the d23 um uh, talks either the destination d or the expos um to basically be kind of the guru about all things uh disney parks live entertainment yeah and he's you know he he started it all essentially you know and so. he teaches, I guess, at UCF yeah. in the Rosen School of 
hospitality management mm-hmm. or whatever that's officially called. That's right. So then after him, Thomas Schumacher and Peter, Peter Schneider. Schneider. I was going to say, if I could just put a pin in that. Please because do. Because there's actually one little story about kind of even the origins of Disney theatrical that even started before that. <gasps> do tell. Yeah. So apparently, <laughs> uh, I t- always forget his name. Is It's Robert Jess Roth. Right. Yeah, he was the director of the original uh, Beauty and the Beast on Broadway, but a long time ago, um, he basically brought to Michael Eisner the idea of mm. having a kind of like a standalone arm of the company where they were to do Broadway, and so he and this was back in 1990, and he actually went to Michael Eisner and said, "Hey, we should have uh, we should start doing some Broadway shows on because we have all of this uh, classic." Um, you know, all these great titles that would be great for uh, Broadway. And Michael, at the time, he said, mm, I think Broadway's a bit too risky, but ask me again. Uh, and so they actually, they were putting on uh, different shows in the parks, including a, a version of The Nutcracker at Disneyland. Hmm. And then what would ultimately be the Beauty and the Beast sounds, you know, the stage show, which opened literally the same day as Beauty and the Beast in the in the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. And so after the Nutcracker opened, he asked Michael again. And he said, mm, okay, this sounds like a good idea. And so, and he said, what title do you think? And he was thinking uh, Mary Poppins would be the, 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 the best one. And Michael said, okay, let's go ahead and start on that. And so in the fall of 91, they started working on you know, a treatment for Mary Poppins. And then Beauty and the Beast came out in movie theaters to rave reviews. Uh, even the, the New York uh, film critic, I, or it might have been the, the Broadway critic of the New York Times, said that he's just heard the greatest Broadway soundtrack of that year, and it was from the movie. So, <laughs> I mean, essentially, yeah. you know, it was basically born to be a Broadway musical. And so basically Michael Eisner put the brakes on the Mary Poppins treatment and said, actually, let's go with this Beauty and the Beast um, thing. And so that Robert Jess Roth, as I mentioned, he actually was the director of that production. And then, of course, you know, Ron Logan started all of that, and then Peter Schneider and Tommy Schumacher. And so, yeah, there you go. Hmm. There's a little bit of history for you. Yeah. A lot of and you definitely that. saw... Beauty and the Beast in theaters way before I did. I saw, they, oh, Beauty and the Beast in theater. I, I saw mean, opening you know, day. like this theater. Oh, the <laughs> like theater, theater. Yes, yes, I did. Um, yeah, that was the first one I saw. Um, I cannot remember exactly where. I, I know I saw it in Dallas on a touring. I, I've, by the way, I've seen absolutely nothing on Broadway itself, but only touring productions. But I have seen Beauty and the Beast in Orlando. On uh, in Tampa, and then also in Dallas. I actually didn't know. I knew that there was um, Human Again was in the Broadway version, yes. and that was really I never had even listened to Beauty and the Beast sound on Broadway soundtrack oh until I think you gave it to me. And when I heard Home, I was like, "Yeah, what?" Um, and that was right around the same time that the Beauty and the Beast. Um, be our guest restaurant was opening was when we saw this i think maybe a little bit before that and they played home like in the restaurant and i was just like in heaven because they 
they don't just take the animated film and then just turn it into Broadway. They add so much more depth to the stories. They certainly add to the you know costumes and the light des- lighting design, the set design, and all that to make it absolutely completely magical. You know, if you think about it, yeah, there are the times when you have you know the the household instruments, you know, candelabra the clock and they have to fight the villagers you know yes right. it's it's a bit childish <laughs> in that way but if you but it's bringing it to a new audience yes. that would otherwise possibly not see but i mean a like touring the, the beast you know just right. the whole human ish form of him yeah and you know and his longing of bell and having to let her go and all of that it yeah and there's a lot of power to that. There's a lot of power to seeing something live. And I think that is what's been such a great thing to bring to families that may not have otherwise gone mm-hmm. um, and things like that. Now, of course, everything changed when oh my gosh. The Lion King came out in whatever year that was. It came out, <laughs> I believe, in 1997. Um, I actually had notes somewhere. Because this, you know, I guess to an extent, the legend of the Lion King, is that what it was called, where PhilharMagic is now? Yes. I have no idea. Uh, The timeline of things, you're going to have to correct me. So that was first, and it was a whole puppet situation. But they were like more traditional puppets. Yeah, I should say that when when the Lion King animated film came out in 1994, it was, you know, it... Broke all kinds of records, and it just became the hugest thing ever. Um, and the soundtrack, of course, did too. And, but they actually had a a second soundtrack that came out, a supplemental soundtrack called Rhythm of the Pride Lands, right. with a lot of the Libowim um, music. And if you listen to that, there's a lot of the origins of the music that, that is in Lion King Broadway from that uh, soundtrack. Yes, that's and that very actually true. came out probably a couple years before the Broadway uh, production. I think that definitely laid the groundwork for this is really more of what our focus should be. The songs that everyone knows and loves, yes, but more of the authentic, Mm -hmm. you know. Oh, yeah. Sound. But then, of course, with Julie Taymor, who who came out, you know, she was the director of of this Broadway. She, um, She had, you know, all kinds of history of of doing very unique things. You you could say that she's kind of like the Joe Rohde of <laughs> Broadway directors and that kind of authenticity. Um, you know, just her, she actually designed also the costumes for that and and came up with all of that and it's yeah, you know, and just th- even the the representation of the grasslands. Right. or the lionesses uh Rafiki and the watering anything. hole that disappeared. You still haven't seen it, Christian. Christian hasn't seen The Lion King. He was in New York oh, when no. we saw it here in Orlando. Um, it actually plays in New York, too. It does, but he was a little busy. Oh, I, I saw Anastasia on Broadway. Yes, <sighs> which also has a Disney connection because someone that did the set design did the set design for Beauty and the Beast on the cruise lines. Okay. I think. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not a that. Disney connection just because it was a Fox film and no, Disney has since bought Fox. No. It has nothing to do with it. I'm not one of those people that <laughs> thinks Anastasia is a Disney She is not. Movie. Sorry. Uh, anyway, I don't know, you know enough of theatrical history to know if this was the first time that puppets had been used like this. Oh, like with the Michael Curry design? 
puppets. Yeah, with, you know, the people being yeah. visible on stage and things like that. I'm not sure. I think it was. I should have done a little more research. I just wanted to say how amazing it was and did not follow up with my yeah, facts. Yeah, because, I but... mean, if you just even look, <laughs> it's just like, you know, the giraffes, in which are people on stilts, and the cheetahs, and, you know, the whole representation of the kind of the running of the, like, the wildebeests and all of that. Yes, and it really made this type of uh, puppetry much more mainstream to the point where almost all of the new Disney productions, either at the ones at DCA and the Hyperion Theater, is that what that's Mm -hmm. called? Or the Cruise Line with Olaf and Sven, et cetera, will all use that style. Because like like Timon in in that, he was kind of a hand operated. There was a, a human right behind him kind of operating him. But it was all to the point where you ignored the human. And you looked at the, you know, the Timon. Yeah. And not just where a lot of the other animals where the kind of the humans are kind of meshed in with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like the way that they created the masks um, for, you know, Scar, Mufasa, and and all of the lions and the lionesses. Yeah. Ooh. And yeah, it was. This is, oh. I don't know if you can see this on the video. Oh, yeah. You can get it if you want, I guess. I mean, you know what I'm going to do, right? <laughs> well, no one's going to see it if you hold it up too super high. <laughs> anyway, this looks v- exactly like what this Simba is, looks like yeah, in Simba. the production. But he's so soft, Very and he turns his little head. Anyway, he's cute, and I couldn't not get him Maybe for Geo. Ah, the... oh, yes. So okay. it's very stylized. Um, it really changed the look of the Lion King from you know the animated version to yes. something that was much more artistic and Fair. unique etc and it has since gone on to just blow away everything it yeah. is it basically uh, first off it was nominated for nine actually you know, 11 tony awards and it won six including best musical the only time a disney show has ever won best musical mm. it and, and won for best directors as well for julie tamor um but it also, it has since gone on to be, it's now the third longest running Broadway show in the history of Broadway ever. Wow. Behind the Phantom of the Opera and the re, uh, the revival of Chicago, which was just actually the year before. Mm. And so they've, and it's still going, so they've kind of been going at the same rate. Yeah. I think, uh, I was going to mention this too, like productions like Chicago and Beauty and the Beast are very easy t- for celebrities that want to try their hand yes. at, you yeah, know, I've doing I've a heard of Broadway many, style. Um, females who, or actresses who have gone on to portray Belle. Yeah, exactly. Like it's Debbie kind of Gibson. like a fun thing that people get um, to do, and yeah. that brings more people in to want to see Absolutely. it. So, yeah. So after <laughs> but, uh, Lion I was King, gonna, oh, one other f- f- okay. little fact is that the Lion King has it's. Uh, done well over eight billion dollars in sales and is the number one uh box office earner of all time wow so it is and it's still going strong i mean yeah, there's there's still the new york version i think ago. there's two north american traveling tours there's one in japan there's several in europe as well and mm. i should say it also uh when shanghai disneyland opened they had the lion king there 
Lion King on Broadway at Shanghai Disneyland. Oh, really? And it ran for uh, at least a year. It wow. closed in I 2017. I had not heard that at all. Uh, yeah, they, they built a theater for it. But in addition to that, it was also playing in Tomorrowland at Disneyland Paris. Or wow. Di- Discoveryland, I should say. Who knew? Uh, for, I guess uh, you for did. For a spell. Uh, I was just going to say something and now I forgot what it was. Oh, well. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I have a way of doing that. No, I was just moving programs and forgot my place. Then, of course, next on the list is Newsies. That shouldn't be next. Why? What's next? This one. Mary Poppins? Actually, this one. Wait, what? Really? Aida came next. Oh. Well, that's not really, you know. That's not really what you know what. (laughs) It is a Disney theatrical production. Actually, Hunchback is in there too. I forgot about that. We have all those ones that weren't necessarily touring. Right. That one d- never hit Broadway, but this one did. Okay. Well, you've seen that, right? Aida? Yes. I, I have, have not. And I didn't really take to the soundtrack, so I don't really have much to add to that. I will listen to it again because it does sound like a lovely story. It is a beautiful story. It's actually based on a an opera written mm. by Verdi um, about an, e- uh, I think there were the Egyptians and the Nubanites. Um Basically, it's a, a nub, nub, no, sorry, Nubian, a Nubian princess, uh, fell in love with a an Egyptian, kind of an an, an heir to the um, throne of <laughs> Egypt, and how that love was forbidden, because the Nubians were subservient to, or kind of the slaves of the Egyptians, oh. and but it actually it it originates in kind of a modern. Um, scene within a museum where just a couple is just happens to be in a museum observing some observing some Nubian art and they think that wait maybe maybe we've met before and it turns out that they are reincarnations of these people and so it goes back and tells the story of a love triangle between um, as I mentioned an Egyptian and uh, his I guess his girlfriend, but then he fell in love with this Nubian princess and how that love was forbidden. And it was just a beautiful film, not a film. It was a beautiful (laughs) musical. Uh, It was, and the music was done by uh, Tim Rice and Elton John, you know, of the Lion King fame. Um, But it was just gorgeous. It really was. Um, But there's some very unique uh, lighting design and set designs in there including like a whole fashion show, which is, so it's very unique. Hmm. Um, I probably didn't, did it a huge injustice with this description. It's okay. Um, <laughs> please don't take my description of it as, you know, I'd say look it up. Yeah, I mean, that's what, I'm hoping that our little dabbling into this will <clears throat> have people look into things more on their own and see what yeah, their I mean, because, favorites are. Because Disney had done musicals on you know a couple of their hugest um animated hits this was quite kind of something out of left field right uh to to stray <coughs> away from that and <coughs> do something on you know based on an old opera um but i loved it and it it did fairly well um in on broadway it actually um it was nominated for five tonys and it won four of them including best actress for heather headley who hmm. later went on to uh, uh, perform as um, 
Nala. She's on an NBC show. I just saw her the other day, and I said, hey, look, Heather Headley. <laughs> uh, I forget <laughs> yeah, what it's called. she has a Tony for that. So wh- are you really saying this is not next, Newsies? I would say even this one comes What next. is that? That is the Mary, Mary Poppins. Poppins didn't happen until 2004. Oh. This is 1992 or something. Well, the movie The movie was, was 92. When did the Newsies come out? I think it was quite a bit later than that. Hmm. But I can't remember the, the date. Oh, yeah, 2010 was when they yeah. it opened on Broadway in 2012. All right, sorry, my bad. That's Let's okay. talk about Mary Poppins. I mean, it is based on an older <laughs> film. Well, actually, this is based on an older film. This came out in 1964. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Mary Poppins was next and actually debuted um, in the West End in mm. London. Makes sense. Yeah, with Cameron McIntosh as the you know, the producer of all of that. Um, just a very, you know, this is the, the thing that... That they originally were trying to, you know, as I mentioned in that story, um, was the first kind of story that they were going to do a, a musical on. And so uh, it did take a while, and they finally, uh, as I mentioned, debuted in on the West End. And it just was so unique. I, I personally have not seen this one, and I've, I've so wanted to. I haven't either, but we've seen bits and pieces of it on you know when they yeah. do like Disney Broadway from what I understand the the TV. step in time sequence is just phenomenal yeah. as it is in the movie well, you know it's probably a, a good 20 minute thing in the movie right but, but it's it was groundbreaking yes when they did that because particular I believe scene. they leave the you know all um the gravity doesn't <laughs> laws of gravity it. laws of yes. gravity th- i mean that's been on tv so i don't know if it's a yeah. spoiler necessarily they've oh i don't i don't sh- think shown it it a lot. but basically he kind of you know walks up the steps of the smoke yes. and essentially goes along the entire proscenium uh, this is bert by the way who walks <laughs> along you know essentially up the proscenium yeah. the side of the proscenium and then upside down cross and then down as well very cool uh, but I I've listened to the soundtrack for that just a countless a times. A million times. And they actually spell out supercalifragilisticexpialidocious yes. within their song many many times. <laughs> I cannot imagine how these actors and actresses do that having to spell that thing out so many other times. Lots of practice, I guess. I and guess. this one of the or two of the performers at the Festival of the Arts this past weekend, I think they're they're each there for two weekends, so they're going to be there next weekend I mean, as yes. well. Ashley Brown? No, she's not there till the end of oh, the festival. Oh, but she is there. She's the original Mary Poppins. Yes, and uh, Gavin Lee. Gavin Lee, who was the original Bert. Yes, so he's there this weekend. Um, he was on our video of our preview. He's an amazing Bert, and you can just tell that he has like everything still memorized, even oh, yeah. though they weren't doing the full choreography for our preview. In World Showplace, he was still just doing, you know, the tapping and all that (laughs) stuff. So it's really fun to see. And that's when you go to the Festival of the Arts and see the Disney Broadway selections. Basically, they will have four people always. And I don't Mm -hmm. know if they're, I think they're all in one time Actually, what it is is there are four people and they alternate. They have two sets of two that each do a, a certain day's worth of shows. Oh, okay. And they kind of go back and forth on which couple it is. And then 
there is the final day of kind of like two weeks worth where the, all four of them uh, uh, perform together. Okay, that's the time to go. Yeah. Uh, but basically, it's people usually from Mary Poppins either currently, I mean, not currently on tour, but, you know, more recent or originals, um, Lion King, Aladdin. Tarzan. Tarzan as well, yes. Josh Strickland is always yep. a part of this festival. So, again, it's an even easier way for completely free, except for the cost of admission, <laughs> to Which, see... Yeah, I think most of y'all should have annual passes. Or literal Broadway-quality <laughs> performances. And it's yeah. a great way to see people that may not necessarily have those roles sing other shows, yeah, songs, and things like that. they certainly have the chops to do it. They do. And it's great to hear. Yeah. So... Where does On the Record fit into this? It's interesting. Yeah, On the Record was actually was a thing that Disney Theatrical Productions did, but it never went to Broadway. But, but you saw it. I did see it twice, and, and it was actually uh, where Ashley Brown got her start. Ah. It, it's really a very strange thing, because all it does is basically it's set in a recording studio, and it's essentially four people two two uh, females two males uh just singing disney hits hmm. but there are, a lot of them are just kind of unique uh, takes on the disney hits and it's essentially and it's amazing how they are able to go from one to the other and there's probably a good 80 different uh, 80 songs that are sung but just in very unique ways hmm. and that's literally all it is is basically these four people just recording uh these this show of Disney hits. And I think that's a very Disney thing to have done yes. because they're like, hey, this musical thing's going pretty good. Let's yeah. put on a different thing. But Ashley, I actually saw Ashley Brown in both of those and that was right before she was tapped to, to portray Mary Poppins uh, in in the West End. So. Hmm. Very cool. And that was in 2004 that that came out, I guess. That's right. So... What, what is next? Can I do Newsies yet? Sure, let's do it. I don't know that we don't have any other... Well, okay, no, let's briefly missing. mention in oh, between wait. here was The Hunchback and The Little Mermaid. Uh, that's very pretty. I didn't know you even yeah. had that. Yeah, it's like squishy. It is squishy. Yeah. Uh, I had Mermaid. zero interest in seeing The Little Mermaid on Broadway. Yeah. It recently came here and I was they like, really? Hey. They tried. Did they? <laughs> I mean, look at what they had before them. They just kind of like... It was a beautiful like, film. Uh, it really was. Um, even like the Little Mermaid, Voyage of the Little Mermaid at studios. I mean, they tried for that because that yeah. was fun. So anyway, Alan, they brought <laughs> Alan Menken back to write some uh, original songs for that. And they recently did uh, that show on... TV where, oh, they, right. where they showed the animated film, but they kind of performed some live versions yes. of that. And they're getting ready to do a live action film production yes. with a completely different cast. Yes. So this was probably kind of like a little screen test situation for that, maybe. I don't know. I'm just making I'm, that Yeah, up. I'm not really sure. But yeah, they did do The Lone Mermaid, and they, they needed a way to have uh, them kind of swim around. And I believe they used... Um, like the little uh, the f <coughs> the shoes with the little rollers in them, Heelys. Like Heelys. Oh, yes, they okay. use that. That's technology interesting. I did not know way. that. And then also, um, 
ropes and harnesses and mm. things like that to have them swim around. But in order to kind of glide across the stage, yeah, they used heelys. From commercials when that was touring here, it just always seemed like a Disney on ice kind of situation. Yeah. But, you know, I'm certainly not one to oh, no, I mean, say we could this is a terrible more. production because For I'm one, sure I mean, it's great. I've, and I've I'm sure it is a lot of, of that, hard work. That's, that's pretty nice too. Yeah. Uh, other ones we didn't discuss, but I will mention briefly, yes, Tarzan. I really didn't hear much about Tarzan at all when Sorry. it came out. Like Josh Strickland was really the only thing to come out of Tarzan. Yeah. Tarzan was very unique. Um, it was a really um, very amazing idea. Mm. Um, they had the, sh- the show at the Animal Kingdom. Yes, I it, did enjoy that. Tarzan Rocks, right? which was kind of like a rock concert. Lots of um, like... Not skateboarding, but it was kind of like kind extreme, of like things like that. X Games yeah. sort of <laughs> things but going on, as well as a rock concert yeah. of all of the songs, and then Tarzan and Jane that would swing out on vines. Yes, but um, you know, Phil Collins did come back uh, for this and wrote some additional songs, and the songs are beautiful. I've listened to the soundtrack that many times. It's it's quite amazing. And then you know, Josh Strickland, he as the act. You know the actor who portrayed Tarzan. You know would would come walking out, like like Tarzan does in the film. You know, kind of like on his knuckles. Oh yeah. Uh, all of that, and uh, there's a lot of swinging around, and it really it seemed to be a, a very unique thing. And and they really delve into the uh, the gorillas, or the apes, if you will. They're gorillas. Gorilla, remember? <laughs> and and um, you know the, the how the the papa gorilla was, did not really take to mm. uh, Tarzan at all, even though the mother did. Yeah, that whole aspect. They do have names, but I'm not going to quiz you on it. You could, but we've got a lot to cover. <laughs> okay. Well, also in there was the Hunchback production, which oh, yes. was developed in Germany. Yes. And produced there. It was called, like, I forget the name of it. It's Der got, Glocken yeah, that uh, von Notre Dame, if uh, I'm not mistaken. Der Glockner von Notre Dame. Glockner, I apologize. And they, because it was in Europe, decided, hey, we're, we can make this as dark as it should be because it's yeah. not because a kid's. That, yeah, that's a dark film. It is a dark film, but I but love it's it. it's beautiful, and the music is yeah. outstanding. Great music. The musical, if you haven't listened to it, you should listen oh, to the soundtrack. Yes. It's so so good. Yeah, if if I'm not the Disney stage, if you may remember that they did a production of a lot of the Disney music. This is a a set of cast members who would perform uh, shows that we've done. You know, we went to what, encore encore encore. Yeah, not the show that's currently on Disney Plus. Right, it's a um, local production. Uh, yeah, it's basically a local <laughs> production of Walt Disney World cast members who are not. In entertainment as their right. primary role. So. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, they, they they put on a performance of nothing but Disney songs this one yeah. year and included the music uh, from that, mm-hmm. you know, Esmeralda. It, it really that is. absolutely blew the house yeah. It was just phenomenal. And it, it has toured here. I don't know if it's the same exact production from Europe because it has a different ending than yeah. the animated film, but it is not a different ending from the book. It's the never Victor been Hugo. on Broadway, though. Yeah. I don't so, know, but it should be. Yeah. Also, you can see Hunchback um, on one of the Disney 
Cruise Line Productions, which oh, is always right. a fun, <laughs> a fun little Quasimodo character comes out. Yep. Um, what else do we have in here? Have we done this one yet? We haven't done Newsies yet. I think Newsies is before Aladdin for sure. Absolutely. So Newsies really, hmm. in terms of set design and choreography, also like set the bar for musicals in when it came out, I believe. Yeah. And it really brought a renewed interest in the movie, which had basically, besides you seeing it, <laughs> 27 times in theaters had been a flop. Yes. I mean, I loved the film in its original theatrical production. I brought friends to it, and they've never forgiven me since. Um, I loved it, and I went and saw it many, many times and bought the soundtrack and listened to it. I, I'm not sure when it then got a revival and became a cult classic, but it... It wasn't it, until this musical came out. I, I guess. But, I mean, to be honest, there is a considerable amount of difference between uh, the movie and the yes. musical. And I think because I grew up watching the movie, I was more of a fan of that. Well, I think most of the actors in the movie were not really known for singing or dancing. That was like... It was in there, but, you know, like Christian Bale yeah. is not known for no, his not. voice. But his, um, his rendition of Santa Fe is, yeah, in, in my opinion. I mean, I love the movie tops. as well. I was always a fan of the movie. But the musical, in terms of, like, the choreography and, like, the scaffolding, yes, it's really just, like, an amazing thing to see in person. Yeah, and I believe it, it actually did win a couple of Tony Awards uh including one for, I believe, scenic design. Yeah. So. And it it really has filtered down into when you see, when Festival of Fantasy Parade came out in 2013, I think, 2012, something like that, mm -hmm. they had those new um, Lost Boys in <laughs> the parade, and they were doing pretty much like news, oh, yeah, yeah. Newsboys choreography. So it's really been a great addition to. Yeah. And what they're able to do with actual newspapers you know, That's as true. props and sliding on yeah. them on the, on their feet and then ripping them up and then kind of using them as confetti. Yes. Yeah. And we did oh, bring yes. Geo to this as well. This was a fun, family-friendly one. Yeah. Uh, but, if you haven't seen it, but, find you know, a tour. Again, it's another <laughs> Alan Menken uh, yes. music. And Alan Menken likes to joke whenever you <laughs> see him at a D23 or whatever event, whenever anyone he says you know sings a newsy song or mentions the newsies and everyone cheers of course and he's like where were you guys in 1992 was that? <laughs> which he says about a lot of things i think hunchback as well i but. saw it at least three times in lubbock texas alone wow so there you go um so yeah after newsies i think aladdin yeah. was the next one which has gotten mixed reviews f as far as like plot and things like that. I've heard people that aren't fans. Oh, uh, I was going to say there is one more, but we'll go back to it since we've already started with Aladdin. Okay. Please don't use our chronology. No, it, because it's <laughs> not a musical. So What, Aladdin? Oh, the one you're going to talk about. The one I'm going to talk about. So. Okay. Well, we'll anyway. Go back to that. <clears throat> Aladdin. Yeah, Aladdin. Uh, I really, I haven't seen it. I only have to go by the performance at California Adventure, which 
was there before yeah, Frozen so took over. Sense. And I really enjoyed the production. I liked the portrayal of Genie. Um, and, you know, I think it certainly led to the Aladdin live action remake, which... Yeah, I mean, the Genie, of course, has the, the full reign of, you know, because of right. the, his character, he can span all kinds of time. He has the ability to make his jokes timely yes. and, and all of that. And so actually... That's true. Uh, James Monroe Eigelhart, he actually won a Tony for Best Actor in for Aladdin. Um, that was their only uh, Tony win. But, um, but yeah. And he's retweeted you. <laughs> he did, yes, that do that one time. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was during an expo. We were, he was on stage. Oh, that's right. It's because us. I saw him live, yes. uh, perform live <clears throat> at one of the expos. Uh, and he was just great. And, and if, so if you can just imagine, you know, they had all kinds of, you know, scenic design with with that where they were able to do the prince ali parade have you seen that aladdin i have not i've oh, okay. that's the only one that i've actually physically been to on broadway but just outside where i've literally walked in front of the theater well i was with you when that happened so yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was the only one um but no i have not seen it yeah we haven't seen that one toured it's actually here, here or it's coming very, again it tours uh, very often yeah, so I, I feel like we should soon. see it at some point just to say we've seen it um i wouldn't say the same about little mermaid but aladdin you know it's a cultural piece at this point <laughs> i guess and actually it's uh it's gone on so long it's already now disney's third longest running broadway show behind the lion king and beauty and the beast i mean that's the thing with disney theatrical productions is they really are going to be timeless and they can run as long as Disney yeah. wants them to run unless they are really terribly produced which has happened a few times it I guess but times, yes. uh, you know Frozen who knows how long that's going to go on for yeah I mean so right now Aladdin and Frozen are kind of going on right now yeah and um, you can see Aladdin oh, no, on Sorry. a ship now as well right one of the cruise lines yes has Aladdin that's right yeah, they I, always, uh, yeah I mean, I don't think anyone's going to run out and book a cruise based on this because podcast. Because they, they originally brought Beauty and the Beast to one of the cruise ships, but I think it's more along the lines of the, the recent live-action film. Yes, it the, is. Than the, the one on Broadway. Yeah. And then and that's, they have Tangled as well. And, yeah. And Tangled, yes, exactly. And Frozen uh-huh. are all, you know, Broadway quality. And they really are Broadway quality. Yes, those ones are. Consider, especially considering how very limited space they right. have be, be backstage uh, compared That's to really an actual Broadway show. Where they push the limits of technology and things like that. They really try new things because of the spacing. And, yes. you know, they do a lot of projection mapping. But it works on yep. a ship. So what's the one that I missed that was not a musical? Peter and the Starcatcher. Oh my gosh, that's right. We have a special connection to that because Sophia did a costume during her... So this was actually a play based on a series of books that was done by Ridley Pearson and Dave Dave Barry. Barry. On all because a I think prequel it, to Peter Pan. Yeah, it was a prequel to Peter Pan based on the idea. I think it was Ridley Pearson's daughter asked him, "How did Captain Hook and Peter Pan meet?" Mm. And he thought about that, and uh, <laughs> and the two of them basically together wrote the set of books, which I've read and I love. I um, 
about the kind of the origin story of Peter Pan. And yeah, it that. looks it's really interesting. Funny thing, that one actually, that one won five Tonys. <laughs> yeah, it did extremely well. It was, yeah, that was five great out of six, I believe. Set design, I think. Or it actually, no, it was five out of all eight that or fun nine. stuff. Five out of nine. Sorry, so I, I have all these numbers. <laughs> <laughs> you do always have the numbers. Um, what else? Does that lead us up to Frozen? It leads yeah. us up to Frozen, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not the world's hugest Frozen fan. We were when the film first came out. I did enjoy the film when it first came out, and then it was just really shoved down your throat forever. I do I wonder if they are going to update the Broadway production at all with the new content from Frozen 2. I guess probably not because it's you know. a separate thing. Yeah. Or I mean, what if they could do a could they do a Broadway show on just that alone? That's crazy. No, I don't think they could. Okay. I think that would be a very specific audience. I don't know. It did very well, <laughs> and it has since become the highest grossing animated film ever. Hmm. Well, maybe in 20 so. years they can do a Frozen on Broadway revival and add these new elements to it, and it'll be great. And they can add yeah. a new original song and get a Tony for that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think Frozen, you know... Forgive me if there's Frozen fans out there, but I think that probably took the Disney theater down a notch as far as there's going to be a lot of little kids in there. They're going to yeah. be singing along. Yeah. It's not going to be a traditional um, Broadway or touring Especially theater company experience. The, the showstopper, yeah. let it go. Yes. Yeah, because I've, I've heard, you know, I've, I've seen... That performed on the on the cruise ships, and one of the performances I saw, the actress who portrayed um, Elsa for that, she was really belting it out to the point of like you know, uh, it was almost a little too squealy, <laughs> you know, like like she was just like in her hmm. in her bathroom mirror, just kind of like oh yeah in the shower. <laughs> well, what are you gonna do? She's on a ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you but, saw mean, Christian Anastasia on Broadway. Were there a lot of kids there or no? It's not really. It's not really. I think no, because. It's a pretty dark story. But is that related to the animated thing or no? It's completely separate? It's like Aladdin where they changed a lot of elements that wouldn't make sense oh, on stage. But it's like, like unrelated to animated, that. like animals and characters and mm. things in the original movie that are removed in this hmm interesting there you go yeah. well i guess if it was based on the original the fans of that movie are my age now <laughs> or a little bit younger so it doesn't really translate but anyway it hmm. really you know is more of like a sing-along experience but you're getting to the theater and you're experiencing new things so yeah, i think because i mean they at least with frozen you know they have um amped up the the effects to the point of, you know, like the ice castle That's and true. the transformation yes. of all of that. So And the Olaf puppet and the yeah. Sven. Yeah, the Sven reindeer is actually yeah. quite amazing. I in don't remember opinion. if there is... I think there's trolls in the cruise line version. There must be. Yeah. They have to sing that song. <laughs> Not my so, favorite song. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so is that it? 
Yeah, Did we cover all as, of Broadway? That's as far as what's going on now. I don't know. Are there, there are, any in... According to Wikipedia, there are upcoming productions <laughs> being planned. We don't know if they'll actually come to fruition of Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Uh-huh, yeah. That would be that would make perfect sense to be on Broadway, I think. Um, whether people would go see it is another story because that's a very old one. Yeah. The uh, Alice in Wonderland. The movie. Like the live action The live action. Sh- yeah. They were both movies. <laughs> yes, the live action movie, no, the 2010 a, live action movie. Hmm, that's as interesting. To the 51. I feel like, as far as like set design version. and costumes, that would I would want to go see it for that. I'm an Alice yeah. in Wonderland fan. Oh, did you? Um, Father of the Bride, which I can see that being like a waitress level production. You know, it would be interesting because I, I've I did see that in its original theatrical run, and I don't remember that being a musical. What? Father of the Bride. Oh, no, it wasn't. But I'm saying I I can see that happening. Oh, yeah. You know. Another iteration of George Banks. This is true. Different than the Mary Poppins <laughs> version. And also, I had no idea this was happening, but The Princess Bride. That's right. Which I don't know how I feel about that because it's one of my most favorite movies from my childhood. Which is not, which was not originally a Disney film. No. But, interesting. They bought the rights to do that I guess and I know whatever. they also did versions um, kind of lighter versions I know they did Hercules for a little spell where they actually yes. had it I think in Central Park yeah for a while and there was a Pinocchio thing there was a Pinocchio there was um, a high, you know, high School Musical that was a touring production of that and High School Musical 2 <laughs> and Freaky Friday and Freaky Friday apparently. the movie yeah the Lindsay Lohan movie or is it the original Haley Mills version? Hmm, we'll never know. Nope. We probably <laughs> never will. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up. Did you want to talk it. about any more um, things? I've, you have the whole Hyperion Theater. That might be another say, episode. If you want some more um, information about these, I do recommend the books. That They often come out with coffee table books. You know, They, they do have these um, programs that they sell when you go to see the films but at amazon you can also get such <laughs> things as this or is your the local b- bookseller local bookseller they may not have these ones this is the tale as old time tale as old as time the art and making of beauty and the beast with this one's not completely about the beauty and the beast musical but it's about the film and all of its iterations and there is a chapter in here about that um as well the more recent one that came out is practically Poppins mm. in every way. And this is about... The new movie? The original Mary Poppins and the the new movie Mary oh. Poppins Returns as well as Mary Poppins on Broadway. And that one's by Jeff Curdy, so you by know Je- it's yeah, good. Yeah, Jeff Curdy, he's a top-notch <laughs> author. But the rest, the other books that I have are on the, the musicals themselves, themselves, including Tarzan, the Broadway adventure. This one doesn't have a title, but can you guess what it's about? I already squished it earlier. It's the Little Mermaid book. I wonder why they've never done Finding Nemo, the musical, on Broadway, since they do it here at Animal Kingdom. Sorry. Maybe it's in development. This one's my favorite, the, the Lion King, Pride Rock, on Broadway, written by Julie Taymor, who is the, the director of the original Broadway production. I should say Tony Award winning. <laughs> director 
And of course, and Aida. Disney legend, isn't she a Disney legend? She now? is. That's right. I actually saw her inducted. Uh, here's the Aida, the making of the Broadway musical, by Michael Lassell. <laughs> He's written a couple of good books, but then I also have a couple of interesting books about the theater. Uh, this one's called A Day at the New Amsterdam Theater, which was basically. When The Lion King first came out, they actually Disney purchased uh, the New Amsterdam Theater and completely refreshed it and refurbished it uh, for the, uh, and that is where Lion King uh, debuted. And they still own this theater. And it's a very special theater. In fact, that it actually brought me to this book, which is called The New Amsterdam, the biography of a of a Broadway theater with a very unique opening, kind of like a, Ooh. Yeah, like a proscenium. Very nice. And then it has the book, which which is actually about the history of of the New Amsterdam Theater, and about how Disney bought it and refurbished it, and it even lists everything that's ever appeared there wow. in its history. I will try to find links to all of these in case people want them and add them to a blog post about yeah. this episode. If there actually is it. another book written by Jeff Curdy about um, the, th the New Amsterdam Theater that is currently on loan elsewhere, so I don't have it with me, as well as all of my uh, the recent books on Frozen, Aladdin, and all the recent <laughs> ones. So that's why I don't have those with all me right. right here today. They're currently <laughs> on loan. You know, <laughs> we do have a few library cards out there, I guess. That's right. Well, yours is... Number one, but there are a couple of other people. <laughs> I guess I should actually make actual library cards. You keep saying that. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> thank you for listening to this winding tale of Disney on yes. Broadway. Hopefully it has wet your whistle to go, get out there and experience something yourself yeah, if whether, you haven't already. Whether it be going to New York City to to see one of these on Broadway or a touring production or anything on Broadway, uh, or any touring production yeah. of any show. And I will say, if you, I mean, I have not seen anything on Broadway yet, even though I've been there a couple of times now because of Christian. Uh, I just couldn't fit it in on our quick trips. But really quickly, when we saw The Lion King, I think you mentioned they had taken a few things out yeah. and shortened it. So if you can see something in its original format where it was basically built to be performed that's always yeah, they've the, done that with Les Mis as yeah, well yeah they recently took out uh, the morning report song yeah. uh, from the Lion King which was in the, I, I've seen it like four times why but in not the first, take out Chow Down in that the first song. three times they had the morning report which is just a fun little song I that like it Zazu better than Chow sings. Down uh, he basically is just giving Mufasa the the lay down yeah. low down of what's going on in the pride lines what Why are your are thoughts on it? Chow Down? I'm okay with it. Be I mean, you know, it's it's fan. all darker and, and different. No, it's just like it's so out of place. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, if you ask me, the um, the hyenas themselves kind of look weird as well. That's and I've true. never been a huge fan of that. Mm. And so I guess coupled with that song. Yeah. But I guess I've I've come to accept it because I just always have. It's not my favorite. In fact, I should say that my favorite Disney okay. song. This is a Scott Otis trivia yeah. fact. A little factoid. My favorite 
Disney song is from a Disney Broadway musical. What is that? Endless Night. Endless Night. From uh, The Lion King. Yeah. Ah, Which they played so that at our preview for the Festival of the Arts. I don't That's know if they right. performed that during the, the weekend. It was kind of like background music. Yeah. <sighs> it is a good song. Mm. Very emotional. Yeah. I actually cry every time I hear it. <laughs> well, let's not play it right now. No. <laughs> okay. Thank you again for listening. As usual, we have rambled on. A little uh, bit. <laughs> if you have a favorite Disney production or something that you really want to see, let us know in yeah. the comments. Either, you know, someone uh, commented to me on Instagram in my direct messages that they enjoyed our last episode where we were all talking about us, but that they wanted to interject their own story. So yeah, I wish there was, you know, an easier way to get people to comment because we'd love to hear it. And I know some people don't actually watch it on YouTube. They're just listening and there's no like really place to comment if you're listening on a podcast. So you can find us anywhere. You can even drop me an email, Xana at Xanaland.com. And, uh, you know, we can read, read your comments and we'd love to yeah, share them with the world. <laughs> So thank you again for listening. Hopefully you've learned a thing or two about the storied history yeah. of Disney on Broadway. And it's piqued your interest yeah. to learn so more. Even if you're here, uh, go to Epcot and check it That's out right. at the Festival of the Arts where yes. they do the Broadway shows. Yeah, you can have some new favorites there. That's right. So thank you again. Please like and subscribe and comment like we mentioned anywhere that you are able to it helps us know that you enjoy what we're doing yes. and gets the word out as well. So thanks for listening and Thank joining you. us up the waterfall. Ooh.